Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. And we are so glad that you've joined us on this Christmas Eve service tonight. And the Lord's presence is right here with us. Amen. And what a wonderful evening of worship already. We've been in a series of messages called Why Christmas. And in that series of messages, we've been looking at the coming of Jesus Christ that was prophesied in the scripture. And this coming was God's great, wonderful grace and love toward us. As Jay mentioned a moment ago, we've talked about Jesus being our champion, our prophet, the prophet that would come, our great high priest, and we need a perfect word from God. We need a perfect advocate. He is also our king, and we need a perfect ruling king in our life. This season is all about Jesus and his coming for us. If you look with me for the text tonight, we're going to look in Luke's gospel, chapter number one. Beginning with verse number 26, you know the story. Hear it fresh tonight. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this might be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be great and be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, well, how can this be since I've not had sexual relations with a man? And the angel replied to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. and The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. See, I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it happen to me as you've said. Then the angel left her. Amen. Tonight we're going to focus on part of this text, and it will sort of be the outline of the sermon tonight. She said, you will name him Jesus. Then the angel said, he will be great and called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord your God will give him the throne of his father David. And he'll reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there'll be no end. 
Tonight, we're going to think about his name, his greatness, his rule, his reign. Let's look at it together tonight. Amen. First of all, the first point I wanted to consider is what is in a name anyway? You shall call his name Jesus. This was the very words that were said in a very similar way to Joseph some months later. And he's, the angel in a dream says to Joseph, Joseph, you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The, the word for Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. And Jesus came to save his people from their sin. We all need saving, and that's why we have a Savior. And his name is Jesus, and there's only one who can save, and that's Jesus Christ. At his circumcision, where Joseph and Mary, after he is born, ate on the eighth day, according to the law, they have him circumcised, and they name him Jesus and the Bible says it's the very name that the angel gave before he was even conceived. The name means everything. Names don't mean so much today, but they meant everything when Jesus was named. Top five names in 2022 among women or females, it's a girl's <clears throat> Olivia, Emma, Amelia, Ava, and Sophia. Top five boy names, Liam, Noah, <clears throat> uh, Mateo, and Elijah. In 1822, the top five names. Minnie, Florence, Helen, Emma, and Elizabeth. And among men, John, William, James, George, or Charles. Jesus got the name Yeshua. Jehovah is salvation. Similar to the name Joshua. And that's who Jesus is. He is our Savior, but there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. It was the preaching of the name of Jesus. What was, a, what was in a name? It was all about his person, all about his work and who he was. His name, his person, his work were bound together. And the preaching of the early church was preaching in the name of Jesus and preaching all about what Jesus has done for us. In Acts, God, in Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 32, listen to what the scripture said. God raises Jesus. We're all witnesses of this. And then Peter continues, therefore, since he's been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, the Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, 
the, both Lord and Messiah. Then verse 38, Peter replied, repent, be baptized each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Paul in the early preaching of the church preached about Jesus and the church sang about Jesus. And that how he did not regard equality with God a thing to be clutched or grasped or held on to. But he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Amen. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue confess, Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I'm telling you, that name is different than any other name. His name is wonderful. His name is marvelous. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell how the angels in chorus sang as they welcomed his birth. Glory to God in the highest. Peace and good tidings to earth. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me the story most precious, sweetest that ever was heard. Tell of the cross where they nailed him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid him. Tell how he liveth again. Love in that story so tender. Clearer than ever I see. Stay, let me weep while you whisper. Love paid the ransom for me. Amen. Tell me the story of Jesus. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why I love him so. Oh, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. I'm telling you, there's only one way to be saved, and it's in Jesus. Secondly, how is he great? And he shall be great. And they would call him the Son of the Most High. Now, we're not going to look at all the scripture verses that I have loaded for this. But I'm just going to tell this. Just imagine that we could hear interviews like YouTube Shorts. TikTok, if you will, for the New Testament. Just imagine and somebody given a story in a brief snippet of their life. Oh, I'd heard about Jesus, one might say. I heard about his love and his authority and how he confronted religious leaders. I heard that he'd healed other people around Capernaum, and I was near there. I had this terrible skin disease called leprosy. I had to go around saying to everybody, unclean, unclean. I couldn't associate with anyone. I never went to church. I couldn't go to synagogue. I couldn't go to the temple. I couldn't even gather with my family in festive days. 
But I heard he was near Capernaum. And I heard that he healed others. And I ran to him. I, I gathered up all the courage I had. And I ran to him. I fell on my knees. And I said, if you're willing, you can make me whole and clean. And I won't be unclean. And he said, I'm willing. And immediately, he touched me. And I was healed. I ran to the temple. I ran to the priest and showed them I'm clean, not unclean, and brought the sacrifice. My life was never the same. I'm telling you how great he shall be great. He's greater than skin disease. Another said, oh, let me tell you my story. I was lame in my legs and I couldn't walk at all. I begged for whatever I had. I was a burden to my family. I would not lived a moral and right life. My attitude was not always right, but I'd heard about Jesus and something built in me that maybe this Jesus, I believed that he could somehow change my condition. And four of my buddies helped carry me. We came into the town and the place was full and the house where he was teaching was full and it was filled with dignitaries. My buddy said, we're going to get you in anyway. And they ripped a hole in the roof and lowered me right down there. I couldn't believe it. No, neither could anybody else. And they lowered me right in front of him. And Jesus said right in front of all of those dignitaries and scribes, Son, your sins are forgiven you. How did he know? The greatest burden of my heart was not my legs. It was my sin. Oh, the skeptics were all saying, blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking. And he looked over at those boys and he said, I've got a question to ask you. Which is easier? To say your friend's sins are forgiven or take up the pallet and walk? Crickets. And then he said, in order that you might know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Take up your pallet, buddy, and go home. And leg, my legs came alive, and I jumped up and was thrilled, and my buddies were doing the happy dance hallelujah chorus on the roof, and I walked out. I walked out. And I knew he had authority over sin. And to give forgiveness. Another said, Well, my name is James. We were in a boat with all of my friends and we were following Jesus. And we we're out in the middle of the Sea of the Galilee, and this big storm came up, and the wind was battering the boat, and the waves were leap, leaping on the sea, and, and, and water was coming inside. And, Here's Jesus, this master teacher, and we've hitched our lives to him. He's sound asleep in the bottom of the boat. How could you sleep in a storm? We woke him up. Wake up! Don't you care that we perish? And he said, oh, you little faith. He said to the wind and the waves, be still, silence. And it became like glass. And we said, who is this? that even the winds and the waves obey him. Jesus 
He's greater than the storms of life. Not only is he greater than the storms of life, he's greater than evil. One old boy said, you know, I live near Gadara. I'll tell you, evil's been inside of me for so long. My life was a mess. It was awful. I was self-destructive and angry and hateful and hostile and antisocial and incorrigible, lawbreaker. My, I was banished from being in the town. I, I lived among the dead in the tombs. And my mind, my, my emotions, my heart was evil everywhere. And, and when he came to shore, I knew. And the voices in me ran, compelled me to run toward him. I fell down and I cried out. It was my voice, but it was the voices of all this evil in me. What do you have to do to do with me, Jesus? Son of the Most High. I beg you, don't torment me. And the next thing I know, I kind of came to. And I saw pigs standing there, and they were stirring, and they ran into the sea, and they drowned. I was in my right mind. And I go to Jesus and said, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to go with you. He said, you stay here, and you tell everyone what God has done for you. And I told everyone what Jesus had done for me, because Jesus is greater than great evil. Amen. My name is Lazarus. And I got sicker than a dog. It was worse than Corona, I'll tell you. And I died. I don't remember anything, but I know I was in that cold tomb. And I'll tell you one thing, I heard his voice, even in a tomb, and I woke, and I heard him saying my name, and I walked out, and I'm telling you, he's greater than death. I fear death no longer. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of God of the Most High. The third thing the angel said to Mary is that he will sit on the throne of his father David. So the question I have tonight is, how is he David's father? Hmm. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 1, Matthew begins his Gospel the account of the genealogy of Jesus the Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Hmm. And how is Jesus, how is, how is David his father? Jesus, in questioning with the scribes and Pharisees in Matthew 22, he has them together there and he questions them. He said, what do you think about the Messiah? Whose son is he? And they replied, David's. And then Jesus says, well, how does David 
as he's inspired by the Holy Spirit, call him Lord. The Lord declared to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David calls him Lord, how can he be his son? You see, Jesus is greater than David. And David calls him Lord under the inspiration of the Spirit. In the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, it's a prophecy concerning the coming of the Messiah. Bethlehem Ephrathah, you are small among clans of Judah, but one, listen, will come from you to be ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from where? Antiquity, from ancient times. Jesus predates David because he is the son of God. He's greater than David. That's why Peter is preaching in Acts. And he said, David, he says the Messiah is called the son of David. But David, in the prophecy, said that Messiah would not undergo decay. And David himself, when he died, his tomb is still here. His bones are still here. And his body did go under decay. But I'm telling you, Jesus Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, he died and was buried and God raised him from the dead and his body did not experience decay. He is greater than David. Wow. And he'll rule over the throne of his father, David. And then he says, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. Well, let's talk about that for just a moment. Who is the house of Jacob? Do you remember that Isaac had two sons, right? And the first son's name is what? Esau, firstborn Esau. And then who's born? Jacob. The word Jacob means supplanter, heel snatcher, cheat. Yet the second one was called by God. It doesn't make any sense, does it? He steals his brother's blessing. He connives and works and cheats and is always working an angle. But God chose Jacob, not Esau. But he didn't just choose Jacob. He changed Jacob. And he gave him a new name. The name Israel. The people of God. Wow. He will reign over the house of Jacob. What's that mean? over the people that God has chosen and he'll never forget them. I want to look at some passages in Isaiah. Look with me to chapter number 14. 
Isaiah chapter number 14 and verse number one. For the Lord will have compassion on Jacob and will choose Israel again. He will settle them on their own land. The resident alien will join them and be united with what? The house of what? Jacob. Isaiah chapter number 29 and verse number 22. Therefore, the Lord who redeemed Abraham says this about the house of Jacob. Jacob will no longer be ashamed and his face will no longer be pale. And when he sees his children, the work of my hands within his nation, they will honor my name and they will honor the Holy One of Jacob and stand in awe of the God of Israel. Isaiah 46, verse 3. Listen to me, house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, who've been sustained from the womb and carried along since birth. I will be the same until your old age. I'll bear you up when you turn gray. I have made you. I will carry you. I will bear you. I will rescue you. Wow. In the book of Romans, if you look with me, the chapter number nine, in verse number 10. And not only that, but Rebekah conceived children through one man, our father Isaac. And through her sons, and though her sons had not been born yet or done anything good or bad, so that God's purpose according to election might stand, not from works, but from the one who calls, she was told, the older will serve the younger. As it's written, I've loved Jacob and I hated Esau. This passage helps us understand Jacob didn't earn it, he didn't deserve it, and he didn't merit it. And he didn't have God's favor because of any position. It was solely the grace of God that worked in Jacob for the glory of God. He will reign over the house of he will he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. I'm telling you, you didn't earn your salvation. God chose you. God saved you. God holds you. God will never let you go. Amen. You're his forever. But of his kingdom, there shall be no end. What makes up his kingdom and what makes it unique? The kingdom is the rule of Christ in your life. And he says concerning his kingdom, it will never end. It will never be diminished. What brings the end to a kingdom? 
That kingdom's either defeated by another kingdom or the death of the king. But his kingdom will have no end because Christ will never be defeated and he will never die. Nor will he ever be diminished. His kingdom will reign forever. It endures forever. It is unending. There's no end. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ has come and he's announced his kingdom. And we are to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But I'm telling you, God is not finished. Jesus Christ is coming again and he will establish his kingdom and it will endure forever. And this is the greatest news in all the world. We're going to look at some passages of Scripture and we'll be done. Revelation chapter number 11. In verse number 17. Revelation chapter 11 verse 15. I'm sorry. The seventh angel blew his trumpet and there was a loud voices in heaven saying the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. And the 24 elders who were seated before God on their thrones fell face down and worshiped God saying, we give you thanks Lord God the Almighty who is and was because you have taken your great power and have begun to reign. Can somebody say hallelujah? That day is coming. Revelation chapter 15 verse number 3. They sang a song of God's servant Moses, the song of the Lamb. Great and awe-inspiring are your works. Lord God, the Almighty, just and true are your ways. King of the nations, Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you because your righteous acts have been revealed. In chapter number 19, verse number 11 Listen to what the scripture says. I saw heaven opened and there was a little white, uh, there was a white horse and its rider was called faithful and true. And with justice he judges and he makes war. And his eyes were like a fiery flame and many crowns were on his head. And he had a name written that no one knows except himself. And he wore a robe dipped in blood and the name was called the word of God. And the armies were in heaven followed him on white horses wearing pure white linen. And a sharp sword came from his mouth so that he might strike the nations with it. And he will rule them with an iron rod and he will trample the winepress a fierce anger of God the Almighty. And he has a name written on his robe and his thigh. King of kings and Lord of lords. That's King, King Jesus. And chapter number 21, verse number seven, one says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne, Look, God's dwelling with humanity, and he'll live with them, and they will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them and will be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying, pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away.
way. Wow. Jesus is coming. He said, it's done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. And the one who conquers will inherit these things. And I will be his God. He'll be my son. And in chapter number 22, in verse number 1, And then he showed me a river of the water of life, crystal, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. And in the middle of the city's main street, the tree of life, was on each side of the river, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, and there will no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and the Lamb will be in the city, and His servants will worship Him, and they will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. People won't need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun because the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. That's King Jesus. Amen. Woo, Christmas. Not just sentimentality. <coughs> you'll name him Jesus. He will be great, called the Son of the Most High. He'll rule on the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of his chosen one, Jacob. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Hallelujah. Do you know him? Have you trusted him? Father in heaven, if there's somebody here tonight that doesn't know Christ as Savior, I pray that they would pray simply. Dear God, I've sinned and gone the wrong way, and I know that Jesus is the Son of God. <coughs> Father, I repent of my sin, and I turn away, and I turn to you, and I believe that Jesus died and rose again. All that I know now, Father, I, I want to submit and yield my life to you. I'm calling on your name. God, save me. I want you to be the king of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.